Hello and welcome back to the On Mission podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Jones, joined as always by my good friend and pastor, Rick Nicely. Rick, how are you tonight? Good, man. I'm representing Caroline. Nice. Very nice. Uh, I, I, we didn't plan this, but I'm also representing uh, yeah. the local baseball team, which we'll get to, to later. I'm also joined today by my longtime friend and fellow elder, Jose Vasquez. Jose and I have been leading the Path to Autonomy efforts. Myself, just more on the, the big picture, organizational, and then Jose on the financial side. So we brought him on tonight as we provide an update to the church as to where we've been with Path to Autonomy and where we're going. And then Hola. you can see we're trying to get a little fancy, trying to get some cool headphones. I got a cool microphone here that, that uh, Lindsay and I use. Lindsay sings with the praise team. And so uh, we're... we're we're, we're trying to raise our game here on the On Mission podcast, trying to get better at what we do. Jose apparently has had a super cool mic for a long time, so he's not impressed by, by what we got going on down there. What's that thing called you have? What's that called? It's the blue mic. The blue mic. All right, he's got the blue mic, so he's way ahead of us on this. Before we get to our question of the day and before we talk about autonomy, I want to ask you, Rick, where are we at in terms of our plans for reopening? We, we know... The phases have began. We're in phase one in Virginia. We mentioned last week things were a little different for us because we are a church plant. So what, what do we have planned as we kind of take our next steps? And, and what's that going to look like over the course of the summer? Yeah, so there's lots of factors that take involved in that, Kenny. Obviously, uh, we have the mandate right from local and uh, state, as well as the U.S. government, kind of some things that we have to keep under wraps with the CDC and, and different state guidelines that we're trying to do. So we want to respect those. But at the same time, we really want to get together, right? We, we know Hebrews uh, 10 talks about don't forsake the gathering. So we're desperately wanting to gather, gather, get together, um, similar to what we talked about just a few weeks ago, that we're wired for relationships. And so we're talking a little bit about the church tonight. And so the idea is that we want to get together as soon as possible. But we also want to be smart and we want to be safe. So, um, and we've been dreaming and talking about it for weeks, as many people else have. We've been cleaning off. Uh, Kenny, I know you've listened to things I've sent you. You've been reading other elders. Uh, Jose has been reading. We've all been reading and researching, figuring out what other churches are doing, what's been working. Um, and so when the governor said um, just, uh, I guess, a, a week ago, about 50% that the churches could open back up, about 50%, but... That's not really quite right because we know you have to do social distancing. So if you don't have the room for that, um, it may be a room like our church, our building at MES holds like 180, 200 chairs. And so, but where you do the math is about 76 or 75. So it's not quite half. It's more like 30% or so, 25%. So that's kind of what we have to keep in consideration. So as we talked about it, um, we're going to do it in phases. Uh, the first phase is going to be a drive-in church. We feel like one, uh, that's the most simplistic. We are a church plant. We don't put a huge demand on our volunteer leaders that are already doing a ton of work uh, for mobile church and all the mass cleaning we'd have to do and all that in between because we couldn't fit everyone in one service. So we're going to do drive-in, start out with that phase one. That's the safest. We feel like it's the simplest. The next phase would probably most likely look like either gathering in community groups, homes, in homes or maybe uh, at Madison, or maybe some other neutral site that someone could gather, and then do groups, and then also um, do some type of virtual service, um, or pipe in live from um, MES as 
we're in that. And then a, another third phase would be eventually everyone getting on campus and figuring something out. It still may be two services and we may just swap community group hours. And of course, the last part of that is going to be the kids ministry somewhere along the line. Uh, we'll phase them in as well. And so that's, it's kind of tricky. Um, I think one of the things we all have to keep in mind that we have to be, uh, like I said, flexitive. Uh, but flexible, By the way, Jose, positive. that's a word that uh, the pastor made up. So they, he right. didn't stumble there. Flexitive is a word that I know about that word for been a while. made up for like what 15 years, Jose, something like that, a long time. So just being flexible and positive at the same time and understand this is fluid, right? This is unprecedented times. It was interesting, uh, Kenny. I was watching uh, a, a show, it was kind of like a little documentary on D Day. There's a ton out there. This one's called D Day 360. And it talked about all the different um, um, things that had to go into D-Day, right? From a project standpoint, um, right. knowing every every soldier had to have so many supplies. And then once they hit the shore, what they needed. And I mean, all the huge orchestration that took place. But the reality is the minute they hit the beach, all that changed. And so they had to constantly, even though they had a game plan, they had what they called the the mission intent or the, the intent of the commander of the mission, mm-hmm. uh, they knew that, which we have, right? We have the mandate to advance God's kingdom. But as we walk through this, it's going to constantly change. And so I think people need to be patient. They need to understand that we're going to try and do everything we can to fulfill that. But um, we're going to have to try some things. And if it doesn't work, we'll have to try something else and, and just go forward. So that's kind of uh, the, the ball game, the plan. We'll probably start that first phase in June, and then from there, we'll just have to kind of see how those work out. If the drive-in church works great, we may do it longer than we think, or we may do it shorter. We don't know. So, And that's kind of how the phase is going to work out. So I hope that makes sense, and I hope people understand what we're trying to do. It, it does, and, and and we've also talked about the fact that we still don't have really all the information. We don't know as states start to open up how that's going to impact whether, you know, the, the virus starts to go down in numbers or starts to go up in slightly in numbers. And we, right. you know, I've gotten some survey responses and, and we talked to some of our community groups and there still are people that are concerned about COVID and um, the unknowns. And just this morning, there were some articles about some uh, association with COVID that, that could potentially could have ramifications on children, not getting COVID, but something like it. And so there's just still, there's still a yeah. lot of information that's coming in. And so like you said, as that comes in, it, it may change, you know, the, the, the process. So we're not, it's not set in stone, right? The phases, right. that's kind of generally what we hope to do. And right. we'll, we'll be, we'll be flexitive as you say, right? That's right. That's right. Mm-hmm. All right. I want to get to our question of the day. This coming weekend is Memorial Day weekend. I know it doesn't feel like it because we've been stuck in our homes and we're not planning trips to the beach or the Outer Banks or any of those kinds of things. But what I want to ask for our question of the day, and we'll ask Jose first since he is our, our, fir- our first-time returnee back to the show after his interview with his lovely wife, Mary. What is your favorite summertime activity? Again, it's going to be a little different this summer, but what is the thing you most look forward to when summer comes, when Memorial Day passes and, and we get into summertime? Traveling. That's uh, it's our thing. I love to travel. As a matter of fact, tomorrow night, we're going to Pensacola, Florida. I have a buddy of mine who's a naval aviator. We're in flight school together. He's my brother from another mother. So we're going to want to go down there and spend some time and uh, some floaties. Uh, he's been hibernating. We've been hibernating. So we're pretty sure that uh, we'll be okay. Going to go on bike rides and hopefully get some miles down. Uh, I have not done so. 
Awesome. My, uh, yeah, go ahead. No, you're good. Any, any, anything else? Just that, you know, my focus really for this, and I, I mentioned this before, focus, my focus anyway, is going to be about community groups and, and working through this summer uh, with this uh, COVID. I think a lot of our folks, uh, while they're concerned about what's going to happen, they also miss uh, the fellowship. So that's going to be my focus is working through to see how do we minister to people in this environment and I'm thankful that uh, the leadership met and we talk about breaks for the summer. We are, we're not going to do what we did last year. We're going to try to stay together and get through this because I think it's going to take a while before we recover. So traveling, I know a lot of people are going to start to travel. So the younger people, I believe, are going to travel. The older folks like myself, probably not. Right. Uh, but, um, you know, in the meantime, we want to be there for them regardless of where they are and make sure we fellowship with them and build a community. So by the time August comes out, we'll be already you know, ready-to-go sure. organization. How about you, Rick? What's your favorite summertime activity? I know you had a little bit of fun this weekend, a semi-summer activity. Yeah, we just did a little day trip up to Falls Church. I had never been there. Beautiful. Beautiful So that probably is, yeah, so that's probably um, one of my favorite things to do is get in the water, uh, you know, whether that's a pool, but primarily I love a river or a lake. Um, our girls and I discovered uh, a couple reservoirs last year. And so one of those is Able Lake. If you haven't been there, it's beautiful. We put in, it's only a lo- like either paddle or electric boats. And so um, we, we have a little daredevil in us and there's some cliffs. They're not the real high ones, but we found some. Our girls are willing to jump off probably about 12 or 15 foot up. And it's super steep and it's like straight down. So I checked it all out, but we go over there and jump off that and just have a good time in the water and, and fish and, yeah, it's a good time. So anything around water, it's great. Well, but not I, the beach. <laughs> we, Jose, missed, that's funny because, Jose, you like the beach. I remember when we talked to you, yeah. you and Mary are big beach fans. Rick and I confessed last week we just we could do without the beach. Doesn't A lake, right? We like lakes and rivers. Yeah. Just the yeah. beach is, isn't for us. Yeah, so for me, I, I'm pretty much telegraphing. I, I go to at least five or so baseball games during the summertime at various parks. My in-laws live near the Hickory Crawl Dads. We lived near the Down East Wood Ducks for the last two years, and I was super excited about coming back here and having the Fred Nats as the local team. Jono and I, we both have season tickets to the Fred Nats, and I don't know if we're going to get in the park. I don't know <laughs> if there's going to be any baseball anywhere. I, we might get to watch baseball without fans, but there's just something about taking your family. Yeah. When you go to a minor league yeah. baseball game, it's not expensive. The, yeah. the nothing, the food's not expensive. The drinks aren't expensive. The t-shirts right. and things like that. You can, you could take for one ticket to a major league game. You could take the whole family and have a blast. And there's just yeah. so many fun things going on at a minor league baseball game. It's one of my favorite things to do in the summer. If you checked my Facebook timeline, you would just see pictures after pictures of hmm. big old gatherings of different groups of family at a baseball <laughs> park. So. I hope, I hope next summer we get to get back to, to minor league parks and into whatever they decide to call Fred Nat Stadium. Okay, Rick, I want you to take us back to 2016. I know you talked about this when we interviewed you and Michelle, but for yeah. folks that maybe missed that podcast or maybe missed the few times you've talked about this from the pulpit, take us mm-hmm. back to 2016 when Spotswood decided that they wanted to plant churches locally and then you know, kind of your role in that and, and then your call to be a, a church plant pastor. Yeah, I think you have to go, I'm not going to go back too far and make it too long, but I think you have to go all the way back to 2006 when uh, the first year um, 
Michelle and I in the high school ministry went to Seattle, Washington, and took our first group. Um, in fact, Jose, I think Charlie and Vicky may have been on that trip, if I'm not mistaken, uh, one or both of them. And so we took, I don't know, 35 students to Seattle and worked with a church plant there the very first time. And from that point on, I really, really had a heart for church planters, um, loved working with them. And I think primarily it was the simplicity of it. Not that it, when I say simplicity, I do not mean easy, okay? But the simplicity of it was that there was, it was all about God and all about people. And so you didn't have a lot of the big programs. You didn't have a lot of the uh, fancy worship or fancy buildings or any of that type of thing. It was just really about ministering and reaching people. And you did it really on a very relational way. Um, you went to, you did backyard Bible clubs and uh, you did prayer walking and you just met people in their homes and did that. And so that's really attractive to me because I'm a people person. And so I love being around people and encouraging them and, uh, and just helping shape um, in their influence in their life. But so we did that for over many, uh, over a decade. And then fast forward around 2015, 2015, 2016, we started doing once local in, in the area and pro- probably about nine years or maybe a decade, maybe around two, 2007, 2008, our, our staff started praying about planning. And I don't know why it took us so long, but it did. And then around 2015, 2016, Drew and the rest of the staff said, man, we really need to plant this next year. And so um, we dreamed about it. We Several staff guys talked about partnering together to do it. And then it came down to end of two, 2016. We were looking at some other counties. And then God just led us to Caroline. And then the beginning of 2017, Drew approached me. And as I shared before, um, I never really saw myself as the lead pastor. I always saw, saw myself as kind of a, a right-hand person, an Aaron or maybe a Joshua, um, never really a Moses. But as we know, Joshua eventually took over, right? He he led in the promised land. And that's kind of where God led me to, to bring about the the name for River Rock Church, where it was similar but different. Uh, just as Moses had been the leader, God uh, allowed Joseph, uh, Joshua to take over and then lead in a new way. So that's kind of where, uh, similar but different. So that's kind of how God led us to that. And then, I mean, I don't know if you, you've, you've got two Marines here who are used to kind of developing a plan of action. And I don't know if that played into kind of you bringing on Jose and I and how that, that transitioned. Yeah. So you and I obviously have had a friendship for the last decade. And so we knew that you guys had been here and then gone and been here and then gone. And we knew that you were probably going to be coming back because me and you had talked. And, I, and me and you had talked about um, – you being you and your family being a part of our church plant and I really told you I wanted you on leadership and so and of course Jose and I've been working together for a decade and a half and and so he had already been helping behind the scenes just wasn't an elder but really was doing almost the responsibility of an elder um so um when um as we talked about before we knew we wanted to unwrap some more elders so we unwrapped you and um and Jose and so you guys really took um the lead on the autonomy side of things. So if you don't mind, just kind of unpack that a little bit for us as you guys came on last October, I think it was. So I think you, you brought Jose and I on about October timeframe. And even then we had started to talk about some of the things we knew we needed to get accomplished in order to get to autonomy. And it might sound like it's a long time from October to August, but there are a lot of things that take uh, quite a bit of time to accomplish. 
And so Jose and I being four Marines, we kind of knew we needed to start getting things on the calendar. We needed to start setting deadlines because all of us are busy. All of us have a lot going on. Uh, you're incredibly busy. Every one of the elders is busy. And so if we don't give ourselves, we have to have this done by this period of time. We knew it wouldn't happen. And actually, John and I were sitting on my front porch one afternoon just having a talk. And we said, you know, we've got to, we, we've got to now put it on the calendar, a, a retreat, so we can go away and work on the bylaws. Because that took, I want to say we spent a good 16 hours uh, between two days on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And we didn't want to have, it's just, you know, we're family people. And so if our family needs something, we're going to help them out. And so we went and we drove about an hour west of here and we spent 14 hours. And then that was a process of working with a lawyer to make sure that the bylaws uh, agree with everything uh, that's required of, uh, of a church in Virginia. The other piece of that too is that you incorporate. So it's, it's not that we're a corporation and we're going to be like a big business. It's just that with all the lawsuits that are filed right now uh, against churches, it's best to be incorporated. So should the church get sued, nobody in the church is, is liable for that lawsuit. So it's just the institution of River Rock Church Caroline. You know, God forbid if that should ever happen. And so those were the first two big steps for us is to get those bylaws done. The, we're partnering with SBCV, which is the Southern Baptist Conservatives of Virginia. They just voted last week on Tuesday. Their executive board uh, unanimously approved us to be part of the SBCV. And uh, that, that is the way the SBC works is their individual state conventions. And so we are SBC. It's just SBCV is the local body. And so you, you affiliate with them. And then you, you fall under all their protections. And I'll let Jose talk about some of the, the financial pieces of it. And that was one of the next big ones. And so we had originally intended to have that accomplished, I think, in March. Now it's May, and we're going to have that accomplished. We have our partnership podcast series coming up. Uh, next week, we're going to start that and start walking through po- uh, the partnership, the partnership covenant, which is something that you and Matt uh, Johnson are working on. And we've already mentioned we're going to bring Matt back when we start talking about the partnership covenant. And then at the same time, I've been working with Spotswood Baptist Church with the associate pastor, Dan Cook, and kind of here's where we are. Here's all the things because there are things that, you know, we, they bought for us as a church plant that they're that going to transition over to us. And so we kind of work through for us, when do they want to, you know, launch us and then, and then uh, our, our celebration service is what we're right. calling it. And then we'll relaunch. And so that's really, those are the big rocks as we called them that, that were being a part of our autonomy. Uh, and then just overall, we had to make a decision. When are we spiritually, financially, and structurally ready to stand on our own as an autonomous church? And so we, were, we, we did things um, in a deliberate manner. We didn't want to rush into anything. Those bylaws were incredibly important that we not rush into that. Again, that's going to be something that we're going to have for, for quite a few years and, until we decide we want to update them. And so we took our time and very deliberate. And then Jose was all along kind of in parallel working with SBCV. And I'll turn over to him to talk about what he's done with Eddie or being there at SBCV on all the financial pieces. So a lot going on. Um, on the financial side, uh, first of all, I have the honor of working with a couple of members from our church who formed with me the stewardship committee. And they both have solid backgrounds in business and financial areas. So that has helped me out a lot. But uh, we're giving birth to a new to a new church. So how do we do that? How do we implement that? Has been uh, a source of study, prayer, and and research, a lot of research. Um, but thank for these two gentlemen that helped me and you know with things. And we're also working with Spotswood Baptist Church, their financial secretary Kathy Perry, and getting advice from them has helped us out quite a bit. 
Um, some of the tasks that we're working on right now uh, is basically the budget. You know, um, the first thing I need to say about that is it is to our community's faithfulness that we actually have a sense or financial foundation. It is because of their constant and reliable giving, especially through this time where churches are struggling through entire to entire Virginia and the nation, I will say, where giving has gone down. Our, our, our partners have been very faithful, still providing in spite of all the challenges that they themselves having. And I know that our community, some of them are not working, some, some of them have to switch jobs. All that stuff is happening in the background. So we, we want to be responsible with the resources we've been given. So that's part of coming up with a budget that we think is, is a baseline budget for us for the coming years. Um, so some of the big decisions we have had to do with that is, um, you know, to ensure that whoever works for us, whoever is a minister or working for the church, has a compensation that's commensurate to what they're doing for us too. And right now we're looking at a pastor, an admin, and a kids department director. So right off the back, you know, by the time we go uh, into autonomy, we already have a structure, a city structure for the church for, to, to give the, the texture and, and bones to this body we call the church from an administrative perspective. Another decision we're looking at involves uh, partnership with, uh, like Kenny mentioned, with the Southern Baptist Conservative of Virginia. Turns out, that as part of the things they do for the 700, 740 local churches they have, is they provide things like bookkeeping services for us too. So we're looking at that as being a way to offload some of the workload that the administration will have for the church. So we'll partner with them. Uh, we will go into a paperless um, giving, paperless uh, managing of the of the finances of the church uh, through them. They're already doing that for over 160, 180 churches in the in the Virginia area. So we're going to leverage that, that to start with so we can tell the church that we have a, a solid, mature way of handling that finances for our church too. Um, and then to, uh, we also, now the, the fuzzy part, right, is we were depending on Spotswood, right? Uh, printing, uh, videos, uh, transportation, well, all that is going to change after August. I think we're still going to have the support of them in, in some of the logistical things, but we need to start maturing in a way that we can do that ourselves. So that's part of this process of developing the budget, making sure we have the staff, so there's an operational side, logistics side. But with all of that, I want people to know that our number one goal is to support the community of uh, Caroline County. That's the number one goal, and to follow our vision, which is to glorify God in everything that, that we do. So pray for us, uh, pray for the leadership, pray for me, for the stewardship committee, for the people that we may be hiring here. And, and you know, by the time we go out time, that God will give us discernment and that in everything we do, we use wisdom in all of our actions and that uh, it will do, it would, it, whatever we do will translate into fruits for the, for the glory of God. And then Rick, yeah, and I would just, I want to commend both of you guys, um, you, uh, Kenny, you, Jose, as well as the rest of our elders, you guys are doing a tremendous job. Uh, we know when we work with other entities like the SBCV for working with our lawyer, working even with the, the, the mother church, there's a lot of time involved in that. There's a back and forth, right? You send something, they got you got to wait for their response. And so you guys have done a great job and just stayed on task. I appreciate everything. And I feel like we've accomplished a lot in a short amount of time. Um, you know, the goal was always to be autonomous from somewhere between year three to year five. And uh, we're going to hit it right at year three, which is really incredible because to be honest, guys, most churches 
their church plants don't really become fully independent financially until year five or greater. They usually get support from uh, lots of other churches. And so we're, we're very fortunate. Our people have been very generous and faithful in their giving. So, And, and to add to that, uh, you know, I was, I was thinking it was going to take five years. Yeah. You know, I, and I, I know you, I'd say this, I was, this is going to take a while. And yet I look back now and I see how God brought people first, you, then the elders, uh, then Kenny, myself, and then in each step and either in every edition, it was like a, a cornerstone, cornerstone to something we needed. Another yeah. break that was needed, we did not, uh, we needed, you know. Yeah. Uh, and I think Kenny has done a fantastic job when he came on board to bring us uh, back into task. Uh, we were focused on community, community, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm thinking, oh, it's going to take five years. And then certain people come in, Kenny gets in there, and all of a sudden, boom, we're looking at three three years with a very mature approach and and uh, and it was not accelerated it was just it just the came perfect together pieces yeah when they needed to be there to make it happen yeah thank yeah, you and thank you rick for your leadership it's just for sure fantastic and then in parallel while jose and i are doing all of these kind of administrative and, and legal tasks rick there's a whole nother piece that i think people don't realize how big and how involved it is is that you we used that first episode to talk about our new name river rock church caroline Right. Well, if you think about all the things that were in the church, there were notebooks, there were water bottles, there were T-shirts. There's all kinds of things that have Spotswood at Ladysmith. And yeah. so I don't, I don't want you to retell the name of River Rock Church Caroline. That's on that first podcast. But right. talk to me about all the work you've done to work on branding. And I don't mean that in a, in a crass way, but we're yeah. going to have a new name and there's going to yeah. be a new logo. And that involved you doing a lot of work. That, that's quite a few hours you spend. Talk us about that. Yeah, so, you know, in our culture today, um, storing and branding is a big deal. Um, and, I, you know, it was 2,000 years ago, too. It just was different, right? Um, I mean, Paul went about, if you will, I mean, you could say in some ways, he went about storytelling, went about branding, if you will, proclaiming the Christ. I know when we say brand, we always think of like sports and entertainment, but that, that's not really what I'm talking about. But there's a recognition, I think, in the old days, it was the fish emblem or another type of emblem they would have used to represent the, the way or uh, the, the church. And so, um, you know, I wanted to do something very simplistic, but I wanted to do something that really looked good as well. And so um, kind of bounced around some different ideas of people that I know that are designers and people have graphic backgrounds. And finally, we just went with a company and we, we uh, contract them. And the good thing about the company we went with, they, they, they basically kind of have a contest. And so we were able to get dozens and dozens of um, designers to give in hundreds <laughs> of designs. And finally, I kind of started narrowing it down and sent it out to you guys as elders and then pulled some of your wives in and then pulled people from outside the church and other people I know have backgrounds. And finally, COVID hit, which slowed way things down. I actually put it on delay for about three weeks or a month. And then we ratcheted it back up and we finally came out with a design just a, a few weeks ago. And so we're super thrilled with it. We've got a design for the main church as well as our students and kids ministry. And so we feel like it's going to do great. It, it represents uh, who we are and it's something that we can put on bumper stickers and hats and t-shirts. And again, just a way to tell the story about what God's doing through River Rock Church. So it was a lot of work involved. I'm, I'm not a designer. I'm not a, a graphic background or ground, but I, I think I've 
worked around students and others long enough to know kind of what what's appealing and what's not. Of course, I got a lot of feedback from other people. And you know, everybody has an opinion. <laughs> so I wasn't short on on what it looked like and what it didn't look like and so forth. But I think in the end, it turned out great. And we'll, un we'll unpack that probably in the next month or so. We'll unveil it and uh, start uh, giving out some bumper stickers and other things we can uh, spread the news about. So it, It's exciting. I mean, just like the name, you told us the name back in January at our retreat, and then we had to keep yeah. that a secret for many months. I've got that logo all over like my phone, my, whenever I do something for the church and I'm looking for a logo, I have to make sure I don't accident. I think I actually grabbed the logo and I started to put it into the river rock report and I realized, okay, we're not using that yet. So no yeah. one has seen that. We're going to have a special reveal, but it is, it is an awesome logo. I love the colors. Uh, yeah. I love the, the idea behind it. And, and we're looking forward to rolling that out in June. And then it was important for you both with the name and the logo to work Caroline into it. And so that was, yeah. I know that was important for you, and um, I think people are going to be excited when they when they yep. see the logo. Just like the name, uh, like you said, you're kind of tentative about the name. You're like, oh, I, I really hope people. I like hope this. it works good. I feel like God put this on my heart. I right. think people are going to be really excited when they see the logo. It's It'll it's very nice. And then the last thing, next week we start into our partnership series. Yeah. So if you wouldn't mind just giving us a sneak peek of what we're going to talk about, and and just uh, to whet the appetite a little bit. Why partnership? Why not just membership? What What does it matter? Why do we have to use the, the word partnership? Yeah. Um, I don't want to get too biblical, but I got my Bible here. <laughs> and so I'm going to read. I'm going to read. Uh, so first of all, I want to say this. There's nothing wrong with the word membership. I will just say I think partnership is more biblical. Okay. So I, we, we believe the, the Bible is inspired word of God. We believe it's infallible. Uh, we believe it's inerrant. We believe it is the one continuous narrative of the person and work of Jesus. So what, what we're saying is we believe the language in the New Testament Paul uses over and over is this idea of partnership. So let me read to you. It says this in Philippians 1, which is a great book to study the church and really what we should be as the church. Um, it's verse 3 in the first chapter. I thank my God in all remembrance of you always in, in every prayer of mine, through you all making my prayer with joy, listen, because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. So that's the, that's the idea. I think about uh, a rope intertwined. Uh, Ecclesiastes talks about this, I think some, but this rope twined, and then that three-chord strain is not easily broken. So we think about an individual, another individual, and then, and then uh, God wrapping them together. We use that imagery a lot in marriage. But to be honest, it's very similar language that you use in the church about this one to another, right? And even you think about the theme of Philippians, it's really the selflessness rooted in the gospel. The verse is really the theme for Philippians is this, only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel so that rather I come to you and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are all standing and listen, one spirit, one mind, side by side, for the faith of the gospel. That sounds like the church, right? So we're locking arms like this, arm in arm, working for the sake of the gospel. And it, and it goes on to chapter two, where it talks about, we need to take the mindset of Christ that we didn't come to be served, but to serve, to lay down your life. I mean, Jesus himself did not take it anything to be grasped, be in the uh, very form of God, but he humbled himself and made himself a servant. So that's the mentality of the church. That should be our mentality as individuals as we partner in the gospel. So that's why we use the word partnership. 
And if you want to talk about unpacking the partnership series, we're going to lay it out in about six podcasts. The first one is going to be really what is the church? So we'll talk about metaphors that uh, is used to to uh, describe the church, what is the church, the ministry and the mission of the church, and then specifically ours um, at River Rock Church. Then we're going to take about two weeks to talk about the partnership process. So we'll talk about, you know, what's the difference between partnership and membership and really begin to unpack what it means to have that covenant uh, with one another, the discipleship process. So we'll have these three kind of overarching ideas of transforming, thriving, and multiplying. And then we'll talk about our core values and some of the sticking points that we find in the discipleship process. Because listen, we don't just want to see people come to our church and, and, and fill the seats. We want to make disciples and we want to make disciple makers. So what we want to do is we want to make disciples that make disciples that plant churches. Our goal is to advance the kingdom in the greatest way and the most efficient way to do that is to plant other churches because new churches not only do they baptize more people, they reach more people. And so that's the whole goal. And that's what we saw Paul do as we read the New Testament. He went around all of Asia and just planting churches over and over. He would go somewhere, believers would rise up. He would spend time with um, in a, a find elders. He would pray, anoint them, use them, and then launch them out. And then he would go somewhere else. And this is kind of the goal of River Rock Church of Carolina is to make disciples and plant churches. And then eventually we'll go into um, how churches are kind of run as far as partners, deacons, elders. And then we'll talk about some distinctives about ordinances and church discipline and covenant. And then eventually we'll get into some of the um, weeds a little bit with the bylaws and just kind of, you know, how the church from a business standpoint has to run and kind of has to be governed a little bit. So we'll talk about that to finish everything off. And I mean, this has certainly been a partnership for you and I, Jose. I mean, we, we talk probably, I don't know, three, four, five times a week uh, as we kind of pass off these tasks. I'll learn something, you'll learn something. And so it's been, it's been fun. I mean, I've known you for a long time, but certainly have not, uh, not until this last, you know, six, seven months that we've been doing this together that you and I have talked almost every other day about a topic, whether it's just uh, you know, daily church business or or something with path to autonomy, and so I think even the eldership is a partnership that we're all working together. And yes. you and I aren't doing it alone. We're running these things by the elders. You and I kind of have reporting things we do on Tuesday nights. The elders, here's where we're at. What, where do you guys want to go with this? You and I aren't making decisions. We're just trying to make sure we stay on task. And so I don't know about you, Jose, but it's been a, it's been a fun partnership for us as we've worked through this path to autonomy. Absolutely, absolutely, and um, you know everybody. Um, has brought a gift um, that that has complemented the team, and I think that's that's awesome. I think that's God's hands to work, and especially when I see you speaking Spanish, hear you speaking Spanish, and throwing "ola" out there. Really, <laughs> I know we're working close. <laughs> and you know, and and guys, let's let's be honest with our people. You know, there's a lot of hashing things out, right? So, yeah. in those 17 hours we spent with each other over that weekend, there was a lot of hashing out. So. And, you know, as you know, I've mentioned before, there's like, man, kind of get a little uh, tight under the collar and like, eh, I don't really what, like what they said, uh, you know, but then you just work it out. You know, one, you stay humble. Two, you ask for God's spirit and wisdom to guide your hearts and not try to make it about your agenda, but what's God's best and what's God's plan for our church? Because 
it's not about our preference. It's about God's plan and his purpose for us. So that's that. we all worked it out. Right. So, yeah. and I know some of our people are going to have questions and that's why we're going to do a town hall down the road and some other things. And some people will be really excited about that. Other people are like, whatever, you know? Um, and so that's fine, but just let people know it's been a lot of prayer. Mm. It's been prayer and fasting, to be honest, uh, a lot of hard work and a lot of time and energy and a lot of back and forth. We didn't, decide on a lot of these issues right away we had to figure it out and pray through it and come back together to figure it out so well that is all we're going to talk about tonight we could probably continue to talk for another hour about partnership but we're going to save that for i think the next six podcasts matt johnson who recently graduated from seminary is on thursday he is a brand new seminary graduate he is going to preach this week right i believe yeah so his First sermon. I don't know what that. What, how do you, how do you say that, uh, Rick? I mean, his inaugural officially sermon. a well, pastor now. I mean, how's that work? What's the degree and what's conferred upon you when you graduate seminary? Well, I mean, you know, there's no ordination taking place, but yeah, it's his first his first sermon after uh, his MDiv, I guess. So yeah, that's a good deal. Divinity. But that's uh, exciting. Yeah, that was a lot is. of hard work, and awesome. if you. You go look at Jess's Facebook and Instagram posts. She's super proud and yep. a lot of sacrifices for him to do that as he continues to have a job uh, yep. at, um, at Dogrid. And so congratulations to Matt. Yep. And we got some work for you. You're going to preach this Sunday. That's right. You're going to join Rick and I on Monday, and we're going to start yep. working through the partnership series. We want to thank Pete. There, this, uh, this has been one of the more challenging podcasts. You're not going to see it because we're going to cut it out, but my fire alarm went off four times, and so Pete's <laughs> going to have a lot of work to do tonight to, to edit some of these things out. And then, uh, But we, he, we are so blessed to have Pete. We're yes. so blessed. I mean, uh, you know, we had some gremlins on Sunday, but he, man, he worked so hard to, to, as quick as he could, give us a solution so we could finish watching the sermon. And, and so we are so thankful for, for Pete and all he does for us. So thank you, Pete. Thank you for your hard work on, on yes. Sunday and for the hard work you're going to have tomorrow to edit That's this right. podcast. We'll see you guys. Love you All guys. Right. Looking night, forward guys. to you. seeing you guys Appreciate soon. You. See Adios. you. Peace out. Take care.